Thank you for listening to a Praise Chapel Kingman podcast. If you need any information about our church, or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at praisechapelkingman.com. Can you say thank you, Jesus? Thank you, worship team. Appreciate that tonight. Uh, a teacher was in her classroom, and she goes, Kids, what does the chicken give you? And the student said, Eggs. Teacher said, Very good. Now, what does the pig give you? Student says, Bacon. Teacher says, Great. And what does the fat cow give you? Student says, Homework. <laughs> what they said. I... I didn't say it. <laughs> Student did. <clears throat> Tonight, um, a lot of us have, have uh, had rejection and dealt with rejection in our lives, haven't we? <clears throat> now, you don't need to say anything out loud. You don't need to raise your hand. But if you've ever dealt with rejection in your life, just look at me and blink. It's pretty much what I thought, just about everybody. It's, it's a difficult thing, isn't it, to feel rejected. And there are some people who never really deal with that sense of rejection in their life, and, and because of that, they become uh, embittered, and uh, in turmoil, in relationships. And in Jesus tonight, we can be free from that sense of rejection. Can I hear somebody say, that's right? <laughs> but to truly overcome this rejection that we felt from others, may have been those closest to us, we really have to understand and receive our acceptance from God. And it is a radical acceptance. This is the second part of a message uh, uh, that I preached several weeks ago. And so I believe this is going to be a, a great blessing. It's helped me, uh, blessed me. The word radical means going to the root or the origin. And so when we're talking about radical acceptance tonight, it means at the root or at the very innermost part of our being, right uh, at our, 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 our core of our being, that we know and that we, that we are accepted and loved by God. It is life-changing when we get this understanding and receive it for ourselves that we have been accepted and loved by God. It will change everything in our lives. It will change how we look at ourselves. We will gain a sense, a real and lasting sense of confidence. It will give us a deep security in our hearts and in our lives that we will carry with us through our days. 
So it changes how we view ourselves. It changes how we view other people. If we know that we are accepted by God, then, you know, uh, we will be able to look at others uh, and not be as defensive as we may have been at times past uh, when we feel like they are treating us us wrong. Uh, It will affect how we deal with the treatment from others because we've been accepted by God. And if we know this, at our root or core of our being that God has accepted us, that he loves us, you know what? We can deal with all the other junk that happens in our lives. And tonight, every believer, see, the problem is with us as God's people is oftentimes we vacillate in these things and we really need to have at the core of our being that that we are and be deeply convinced and assured that we've been accepted by God. There's nothing more that God can do to show us or prove to us that He loves us and has accepted us. John 3.16, for God so loved the world. Now I want you to say, so loved me. See, for God so loved us that he gave his only begotten Son. He could not have done anything more to show us uh, that we have been accepted. Radical acceptance is that at our root, the core, or the deepest uh, level of our being, we know that we are accepted uh, by God. And when we know this acceptance, you know what? It changes our expectations. We will know if we know that we're accepted by God, we're going to expect something good to happen in our lives. I pray tonight that we have that hope deep inside of our lives that something good is about to happen. Uh, when we know that God has accepted us, uh, we carry with us a sense uh, that something good is going to happen because we have the favor of God on our lives. We have an assurance uh, and a confidence that God likes us. Aren't you glad for that? It will uh, cause other people even to like us more because we bear a sense of confidence in our lives. uh, And even if they don't like us or treat us well, then we can brush it off uh, and not let it cripple us so much because we've been accepted by God. We have to develop a root way down deep inside us of God's acceptance. We have to get rooted in acceptance uh, so that we can live a bigger life. This portion of Scripture in in Hebrews 13, 5, and 6, this really is one of my uh, portions of Scripture. It's a life verses for me. And in the Amplified, it reads, For he, God himself, now listen to these words. This is not just to somebody else. This is for you. Say for me. Listen what God says about you and about me. For he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake you, nor let you down, nor relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. So we take comfort and are encouraged and confidently and boldly say, 
The Lord is my helper. I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear or dread or be terrified. What can man do to me? See, that is radical acceptance. When we begin to feel accepted at the core or the root of our existence, then it brings that sense of confidence. We need to embrace tonight. I want to encourage every one of us to embrace, pull in that sense of God's acceptance. In the Word of God, in John 15, 16, these are Jesus' words to us. He said, you did not choose me, but I chose you. Isn't that wonderful? Think about these words to us tonight. God himself says, uh, I chose you. I picked you. You remember when we were kids and getting uh, and doing uh, maybe playing football or soccer or whatever it was, game we were playing, our whole sense of self-worth and value was uh, when or if we got chosen on the team. Can I tell you something tonight? God picked us for his team. Hallelujah. He chose us. He pulled us into himself, not just to his team, but to his very family. Thank God. Ephesians 1 verse 6 says, he's made us accepted in the beloved. He's made, he's, he has made us accepted. We may not have felt accepted much in our life from other people. Uh, we may have been rejected by family members, uh, but God says, I have made you accepted in the beloved. Now, I want you to say, I be loved. It's not very good English, but it's good doctrine. Psalm 27 verse 10 says, When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. See, when we're growing up, our primary sense of acceptance comes from our parents. And there are those tonight here, that, and, and there are so many people around that have parents that didn't fulfill their responsibilities. They're God-given responsibilities. And, 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 you know, we may have felt uh, rejected as a child by friends. Some friend uh, rejected us or even a brother or sister or somebody we went to school with, a teacher. And those things affect us, but nothing affects us so deeply as the rejection from a mom or from a dad. But God comes in in this verse, isn't it wonderful? And God says, even if your mother or father uh, forsakes you, the Lord will take you up. We can count on Him. And this, see, that damaging thing that comes into our lives from the rejection from others, even those who were supposed to be closest to us, God says, I can work healing in your heart and life because I will take you in. I have accepted you. And we tonight have to accept, receive, embrace God's radical acceptance. Hebrews 7 verse 25, I love this. He says, therefore, he is able... Say, he's able. He's able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. This word uttermost means completely and forever. <laughs> that is just almost too good to be true, but it is true that Jesus is able to save us to the uttermost, completely and forever. If you've ever wondered, does God accept me? Then his word comes and tells us there's only one 
requirement, and that is that we come to God through Him. We simply have to come and say, Jesus, I need your help. I need your salvation. I need your forgiveness. I need your acceptance. Help me, please, by the blood that you shed, come into my life. Come into my heart. Save me to the uttermost, completely and forever. And you know, when we do that, when we simply ask him to help us, he comes and sweeps into our life and saves us. What? To the uttermost. <laughs> Completely and forever. Those who come to God through him. Jesus is our guarantor of being accepted by God the Father. I have a story I want to read you. This is one of my favorite old-time stories. And uh, it's just great. You're going to enjoy it. Just listen to this. True story. Now, I know, yeah, i gotta, I got to uh, be sure to preface by saying this is a true story because I have been known to tell some stories at times like the one at the beginning of this message that weren't necessarily true. But this is definitely true. A seminary professor was vacationing with his wife in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. One morning they were eating breakfast at a little restaurant hoping to enjoy a quiet family meal. While they were waiting for their food, they noticed a distinguished-looking, white-haired man moving from table to table, visiting with the guest. The professor leaned over and whispered to his wife, I hope he doesn't come over here. But sure enough, the man did come over to their table, and he says, Where are you folks from? Oklahoma, they answered. Great to have you here in Tennessee, the stranger said. What do you do for a living? The, the man says, I teach at a seminary. Oh, so you teach preachers how to preach, do you? Well, I've got a really great story for you. And with that, the gentleman pulled up a chair, plopped himself down, and began to tell the couple this story. The, the professor groaned and thought to himself, great, just what I need, another preacher story. And the man started. You see that mountain over there? And he pointed out the restaurant window. Not far from the base of that mountain, there was a boy born to an unwed mother. He had a hard time growing up because everywhere he went, he was asked the same question, hey boy, who's your daddy? Whether he was at school or in the grocery store or drugstore, people would ask the same question, who's your daddy? He would hide at recess and at lunch from the other students. Uh, he would avoid going into the store because that question hurt him so bad. When he was about 12 years old, a new preacher came to his church. He would always go in late and slip out early to avoid hearing others ask the question, who's your daddy? But one day, the new preacher said the benediction so quick that he, caught, he was caught and had to walk out with the crowd. Just about the time he got to the back door, the new preacher, not knowing anything about him, put his hand on his shoulder and asked him, Son, who's your daddy? The whole church got deathly quiet. He could feel every eye in church looking at him. Now everyone would finally know the answer to the question, Who's your daddy? <clears throat> this new preacher, though, 
sensed the situation around him, and using discernment that only the Holy Spirit could give, said the following to that scared little boy. Wait a minute, he said. I know who you are. I see the family resemblance now. You're a child of God. And with that, he patted the boy on the shoulder and said, Boy, you've got a great inheritance. Go and claim it. And with that, the boy smiled for the first time in a long time and walked out of the door a changed person. He was never the same again. Whenever anybody asked him, Who's your daddy? He'd tell them, I'm a child of God. The distinguished gentleman got up from the table and said, isn't that a great story? And the professor responded that it really was a great story. As the man turned to leave, he said, you know, if that new preacher hadn't told me I was one of God's children, I probably never would have amounted to anything. And he walked away. The seminary professor and his wife were stunned, and they called over the waitress and asked her, do you know who that man was who just left? our table, who had been sitting here, and the, and the waitress grinned and said, of course, everybody knows him. That's Ben Hooper. That's the former governor of Tennessee. He, he served as governor of Tennessee for two terms, and after being a 12-year-old boy that never thought he had a future, never knowing who his father was, one person's statement over his life of who he was A son of God changed his life, and he went after his inheritance and became the leader God created him to be and influenced the whole state and helped shape that state. He was a great man. You know why? Because he knew then who he was. He was a child of God. This radical acceptance became his. He embraced it, and his life was changed. Tonight, you and I need to embrace God's radical acceptance, and when we do, it'll change our lives. When when we do accept his radical acceptance, we'll be free from the sense of rejection, and we'll pray with power because we know God is for us. We'll be able to love people because we'll not be so self-conscious. We'll stop being disapproving of ourselves. We'll stop beating ourselves up. We'll stop needing to be right all the time. Can somebody say amen? We'll stop having to perform for God's acceptance. We'll stop caring so much about what other people think about us. And tonight, I want everybody to say this, I am accepted in the beloved. Romans 8.31 says, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? We have to be able and willing to embrace the fact of our radical acceptance from God. Listen to what Revelation 1 verse 5 says to him, talking about Jesus, who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. You see, the order here that it says he loved us 
and washed us. It's very important, the order in this verse of Scripture. It doesn't say He washed us and then He loved us. If it said He washed us and then He loved us, we would think we'd always have to perform. We'd always have to straighten things up. We'd always have to be perfect or or just right for Him to love us. But it doesn't say that, does it? It says He loved us and then He washed us. He washed us because He loved us. See, some of us grew up with parents who only approved of us when we got the good grades in school, when we uh, scored a touchdown or won a race or or kept our rooms perfect, did everything right. Uh, If we were good-looking enough, or if we were pretty enough, if we were thin enough, uh, or strong enough, or bright enough. Uh, But listen, God's love is so much greater than that. Uh, It is not conditional. His love uh, is unconditional. No conditions on it for us. Aren't you glad for that? It isn't, I love you if, uh, I love you but, it's I love you, period. God's love for us uh, is unconditional. And, you know, God has gotten such a bad rap from some people who've talked about the way He is, even some misguided, misdirected, uh, misinformed preachers uh, have given God a bad rap. One preacher used to get his audience's attention by saying statements like this, God is a killer. Who's he going to kill tonight? I heard a recording of it one time, and there'd be people out in the audience go, woo, you know, afraid because he was convincing. Can I tell you something tonight? God hadn't come into this place to kill anybody. He isn't a killer tonight in this place. He's a lover. He's a lover of our soul. Jesus, lover of my soul. Jesus, I'll never let you go. Taking me from the miry clay, set my feet upon the rock to stay. He's not a killer tonight. He isn't interested in killing you. He's interested in embracing you, wanting you to know of his acceptance and his love for you. He is the lover of our soul. Aren't you glad for that? Some people wonder, God, do you really love me? And God's answer is yes. Yes. Jeremiah 31.3, the Lord has appeared of old to me saying, Yes. Somebody say yes. God says, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love, and therefore with loving kindness have I drawn you. He's drawn us to himself by his loving kindness. So if you ever wonder, God, do you love me? God's answer to you is this right here. Yes. (laughs) Somebody somebody say yes. Yes. If you wonder, does God accept me even though I made a mess out of my life? Look at this. God says, yes. Look, in Romans chapter 
5 and verse 8, it says, But God demonstrates His own love toward us, and while we were yet sinners, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The demonstration of God's love for us is Jesus dying on the cross for us. Not after we cleaned ourselves up, not after we got ourselves all figured out and fixed up, The Bible says again in Revelation chapter 1, He loved us and He washed us. Look again at at Revelation chapter 1, verse 5 and 6. To Him who loved us and washed us from our sins in His own blood, and He has made us kings and priests to God and and Father. To Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. And somebody shouted, Amen. He loved us. And he washed us. God does not love us tonight because he washed us. He washed us because he loved us. The order is so important. He loved us. He washed us. And he has made us what? Kings and priests to God. Oh, that's wonderful. You see, we didn't. We don't make anything of ourselves. God makes us something that we could never have been before. He does things in our life, takes us. He loves us. He washes us, and then He makes us. I never expected to live this way. In high school, I never planned on living the Christian life. But listen, He loved me. He washed me. And he made me. I was in the dentist office a couple of weeks ago, and I was talking to a woman in our, that goes to our church that works there at the dentist office, Starla. And we were talking about Jesus and his forgiveness and him making us. And, and we agreed with each other. We both had been from somewhat similar backgrounds. And, and we, we uh, together spoke and said, you know what? We don't miss getting high. <laughs> Been there, done that. Got the shredded mouth from eating Doritos to cure myself of the munchies. I don't miss, I don't miss getting high. I don't look wistfully at the old days and go, oh, for the days of the bong. I don't. <laughs> I smoke as much pot as I want to. It's true, Uh, but it's been 44 years since I've had a joint. You know why? Because he loved me, he washed me, and he made me something I could never have become before. I have uh, drink as much as I want to. I have, it's been 44 years since I've wanted Seagram 7 Crown and Coke. I haven't had a drink in 44 years, and I'm not patting myself on the back because I had nothing to do with it except accepting Christ. But he loved me, he washed me, and he made me something I could never have been before. And he didn't, it wasn't so he could love us. He didn't wash us so he could love us. He washed us because he loved us. That's radical. That's radical. Say radical. It's got to get down into the depth of our heart and being. We need to embrace it. I want you to tell somebody, embrace it. Listen, God doesn't just tolerate us. Did you hear me? God doesn't just tolerate you. God doesn't just tolerate us. Now, there are some people 
that just tolerate us. <laughs> I don't. Husbands and wives, you better not look at each other. You know? That's not a good time to do that. You not, don't jab them. Uh, some people may tolerate us. Some of our friends may tolerate us. You ever been talking to somebody and you looked in their eyes and they just looked blank? They were, you knew they were somewhere away. They weren't listening because they just putting up with us, tolerating us. Some bosses may tolerate us, but you know what? God doesn't just put up with us. He chooses us. He accepts us. He loves us. And tonight, we rest upon the assurance of his radical acceptance at the core of our being. He wants to strengthen us. He wants to help us grow. He wants to help us mature. He wants to free us from bondages and from hang-ups, but not so that he can love us more, but because he loves us and wants us to enjoy life more. He washes us because he loves us. Listen, it's not uh, uh, that God says, oh, you stink and I've got to wash you before I can get too close. I want to I tell you the story again. It's a familiar story out of Luke chapter 15. At the, at the end of that chapter, there's a story of a son who takes all of his inheritance and runs away from home and wastes it all and finds himself in the pig pen, uh, slopping the hogs. You know, but he came to himself, and he went back to his dad. And when he got to his dad, his dad didn't hose him off first before hugging him. The son had been feeding pigs. Now, I grew up in the South, and I've, I've, been, by, uh, I've been by big chicken farms in the South. The chicken farms stink. <clears throat> but I'm telling you. There is nothing that stinks as bad as pig farms. <clears throat> pigs are nasty, pigs are gross, and pig farms stink. But when this son returned to his father's house as he's on the way, you know, I doubt they had any truck stops where that had showers where he could go and clean himself up. Uh, but the stink didn't stop his dad, did it? His father ran to him, threw his arms around him, stinking all, because he loved him. And then listen to what his father said. <laughs> he said, bring out the best robe, Neiman Marcus. <clears throat> Not some ripped up or hand-me-down rag, but the best robe. The robe uh, meant the restoration of dignity. You know, tonight when we are in Christ, he clothes us with the robe of righteousness. This is all a picture of the Father's love for us. And when we get saved, he said, put a robe on him. Put the robe of righteousness on him. Then what he said is put a ring on his hand. The ring was a symbol of the family's influence. You know, with that ring on his hand, he could go in the market and buy whatever he needed, whatever he wanted. He just showed the ring. And they go, oh, man, that's, that's that guy. That, that's a family ring. And, and, you know, it was like the Apple Pay of its day. He'd go in the market and show that ring, and boom, he could get whatever he needed, 
whatever he wanted. God gives us his provision and supply. And then the dad says, put, put sandals on his feet. Got Birkenstocks. Put him on his feet. You know why? Because it was the slaves that went barefoot in a household. This wasn't a slave. He didn't receive him back as a slave. He had said, I'll just be a servant. I'll just be a slave. But the father said, no, you're not, you're not my slave. You're my son. And he put sandals on his feet because he was part of the household. And then finally he says, kill the fatted calf. I love that. It's party time. He didn't say kill some rangy, mangy calf, not some chronic good-for-nothing calf, but the fatted calf. You know why he said bring and kill the fatted calf? Because the fat is where the flavor is. <laughs> Somebody got happy just now. Amen. <laughs> it's the one with, with all the marbling in it. It's the tender, the delicious, the juicy one. It's the one that when we eat it, makes us want to slap a grandma. <laughs> Oh, this is a picture of God's love. Maybe not that. But anyway, this is a picture of God's love for us. I pray we can see it tonight. We've had some fun, but I pray to God that the message of this comes through. God's acceptance of us is radical. We've got to embrace it. We've got to let it get down at the core of our very being, that God, the Father, uh, He doesn't just tolerate us. He loves us, and because He loves us, He washes us, and then he makes us to become what we can never be before, what we can never be before. We have to embrace it for ourselves, and tonight I pray everybody here receives this. I know we've had some fun tonight, but the, the message is that because of Jesus, God has accepted us. It was a radical act that Jesus did when he died on the cross, shed all of his blood for us, whipped him, beat him, put a crown of thorn on it, and pierced his side with a spear, all of that. It was radical. <laughs> God showing us how much he loved us. It's radical. Thank God, thank God. God, this is, oh, I'm so glad this life is real. It's not just a religion. It's not something man made up. Only God could come up with something this good, and he did. Aren't you glad for that? Give the Lord a hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We have to embrace it for ourselves. Let's bow our heads tonight. Oh, this is too good. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I pray you, you feel and sense God's love. And some of you may be wrestling with things in your mind, wondering how in the world could this be true. But just receive by faith. I didn't know the night that I gave my life to Christ. It wasn't that I was re responding by this intense emotion. I've been really super emotional lots of times, like tonight, since then. 
But that night I wasn't super emotional. I just knew I needed a Savior. I, I said, God, send somebody to talk to me, tell me what I need to do. And a preacher came and started talking to me. And then that, uh, that night preached to me, and I got saved. I, I just responded feeling kind of pressured, to be honest with you. But my life was changed, and I've never, it was 44 years ago. And God changed my life, and he loved me. He washed me, and he made me. And tonight, that's what he'll do for anybody here. Maybe you've never given your life to Christ, and tonight you want to accept Jesus into your life. He loved you. He loved you. He loves you. He loves you. And he's not telling you. you I've had person after person over the years has said, I just need to clean some things. I need to straighten some things up first. You'll never do it. We can't do it. It's impossible. We need a Savior like you are. Come just like it, just as I am. Those old songs, just as I am, just as you are, uh, with the stink and everything. Nobody looking around just for a moment. You've never given your life to Christ, but you want to tonight. Is there anybody here? You just slip your hand up and say, I've never done this, but I want to tonight. Anybody quickly? Praise God. Praise God. God is so good. He is so good. Let's stand to our feet tonight. I trust that everybody here has at one time or another have given your life to Christ, but I, also, I do know from, from my own experience and from just counseling with people over the years, talking with people, I know that Christians wrestle with this, that sense of, of God's radical acceptance, but I'm telling you, that's, it's the gospel it's the good news. The good news is that Jesus died for us when we were so messed up. And if he died for us when we were so messed up, how much more is he going to continue to help us in our life? That's a paraphrase. But read through Romans chapter 8. It's just a miracle chapter, one of the greatest chapters in God's Word. Read through that chapter and see, see what all Jesus has done for us. I want us to pray before we close tonight. I want to, I, I, actually, I just want you to repeat this with me. Let's just pray out loud. You, you uh, repeat this with me. If you would, just close your, your eyes, and if you want to, lift your hands. But more importantly, oh, God, thank you, Jesus. Lift your heart, and I want you to just say this with me out loud. Thank you, Jesus, for guaranteeing my acceptance to God my Father. I believe. I'm chosen. I am forgiven. I'm loved. I am accepted radically in Jesus' name. Amen. Now would you just thank him. Thank him so much. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, man, it's, it's stinking overwhelming. <laughs> it's overwhelming. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Can you just say wow? God is so good. He loves you so much. I pray that every one of you senses that. And if you're wrestling, battling with something, when you go home tonight before you go to sleep at night, Lay your head on your pillow. Uh, you just need to tell yourself, I am. I thank you, Jesus, for, for your radical 
acceptance. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. You know, the more and more you do it, the more you're going to experience the, the reality of it. And it, it, it's something we need to meditate, think about on until it gets way down deep at, into the core of our being. Can you say, I believe that? Praise God. Our prayer team's going to be here up at the front. If you'd like personal prayer, you can come and have somebody pray with you. God bless you. God love you. Thank you for listening to the Praise Chapel Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.